Welcome to Dashway Talks, a show powered by Dashway Consulting, a China-based strategic market research company founded in 2010. My name is David Amerschläger. I am a psychologist and I am the head of psychology at Qinghu Clinic. I am also an executive coach and a member of the Shanghai International um, Mental Health Association and the British Psychological Society. And I am very happy to be here tonight. How can you evaluate the effect of coronavirus on the mental health of people in China? So during this period of time, people in China have been strongly affected psychologically. Simply put, if we look at some research performed by the Chinese Psychological Society during the past few weeks, we have actually found that 42.6% of people have clinical levels of anxiety related to the epidemic. And 21.5% had obvious symptoms of clinical PTSD, that's uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And 16.6% had mild to severe clinical levels of depression. And that is something that is way off the chart compared to normal levels, which is slightly about 50% of these levels. So right now, I would say these main um, areas of mental health have doubled. And this is only the main things that have been tested. The study focuses on clinical disorders, but does not report any other issues that impact the well-being, such as family conflicts, hardship related to education, parenting, while children are experiencing online schooling, feelings of isolation and loneliness. And, and all these things have not been included in the in the in the in the study because they are not really clinical disorders as such. But if you look, for example, on Weibo, there was a hashtag that was um, translated to hashtag how to deal with feelings very anxious at home. And that was trending with more than 290 million views. So that shows that how many people actually are concerned about these, uh, these, these feelings. And that's only the one that is in English. It's not even in, in Mandarin or something like that, right? So beyond that, many people are afraid now of losing their jobs as well because of the economic downturn. Uh, so there is a, a tremendous effort from um, Chinese authorities. So there's, for example, the Psychological Crisis Intervention Co Working Committee from the Chinese, Chinese uh, Psychological Society that uh, has strongly pointed out um, that we need to have a sustained focus on psychological support through professional guidelines, uh, psychotherapy, and most importantly, a better level of general awareness and acceptance. Uh, and that goes through uh, less stigmatization of psychological distress. So, for example, there's also other things um, like physical health. And I have colleagues at Qingho Clinic that see a lot of people with sleeping issues, aches in the back due to bad postures at home. They are dealing uh, with a lot of, 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 of different issues uh, around nutrition as well. So, so there's a lot of things that are related between physical health and mental health. How has the work-life balance of employees in China changed over the last months? So the problem with work from home is that there is no clear limit between the private sphere and the professional sphere. Uh, your workday kind of blurs together into your home life. So it feels like you're working or at least you're on duty all the time. 
It is important for preventing burnout to have clear boundaries, but it's also important for emotional management to set clear boundaries of what is my responsibility of area of control and what is outside of my control. In addition to that, schools are not physically taking charge of their children. So I have a lot of clients at Shingho Clinic experiencing some overwhelm handling children at home and work. It is probably even more difficult now that the children are at home as well and the whole family is trying to focus on their respect, respective tasks. Um, that's from uh, school, uh, uh, overseeing the homework of the children, but also working at the office at the same time. Here we have two things that are overlapping basically. And you also have household tasks, tasks because a lot of eyes did not come back uh, from their from their um, home uh, cities or something like that. So there's there's a lot of pressure right now on parents. Uh, now, having said that, psychologically the advantages also put people in front of their demons, and and that's true because when you're at home, there's only that much that you can do, right? And when you're working there, on one side, you're truly independent and can get more work done without colleagues talking you, to you all the time. But I have also observed that in many cases, pro people um, struggle with focus and, and concentration and actually motivation, engagement and stuff like this. So many people have a tough time focusing and staying productive and efficient the whole day. Working from home means you must rely on self-motivation, self-discipline, focus and concentration. And, and the other thing is that you rely more on the active effort to communicate. Uh, usually when you have people in the office, you can talk to your colleague whenever you want. But right now it's not possible and you have to actually make a call or, or actually engage into something. And here the, the communication is sometimes a little bit um, how should I say, uh, yeah, fractions, because you might chat, you might send an, a message on an email and then the other person responds one hour later. So it's less direct than, than it is when you're in, in, the, in the office. So work from home is something that has been very uncommon in China. Until now, we had very few companies and very few instances of work from home or home office. Often companies don't trust employees to perform well or to be sufficiently engaged. So this episode has actually forced companies into the situation. But if you look at other countries, it's something that is quite common nowadays. So for example, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, 57% of workers in 2018 had a flexible schedule and 42 million wage and salary workers uh, that's actually 29% of the workforce in the United States could work from home. So uh, that actually uh, is something that is even used by, em uh, by, by employers to um, seduce workers coming and working in a specific company. And there has been a lot of uh, research by human resource departments into saying, okay, how much does it cost and actually how much do we benefit from, from these things. Uh, a lot of uh, things that actually employees have pointed out as being advantages of um, working from home in these surveys was that um, they, they felt there was a stronger control over the work-life balance. 
they also uh, reported increased productivity levels, less stress, and, and many of them also um, felt that avoiding to commute was actually improving their well-being and the way they actually saw and engaged into their work. So I would say this is a unique opportunity for China and for workers in China to show their company that they can perform and work from home. And I really hope that employees are smart enough to uh, satisfy uh, their employers and to prove that this is a visible uh, thing that is um, happening to them so that they actually can make a significant difference in showing the employee, uh, employers that uh, this can also lead to performance. But th there is also something that um, I wanted to say. The problem uh, between, um, well, uh, in, in, this, in this environment is that because of this, of this crisis, people had a tendency to distance themselves from each other physically and maybe even emotionally. People have stayed at home and that is true for the work life but it's also true for the personal life. A lot of people have not seen their friends and their family for a long time. So um, people have lost a little bit their touch with each other. And, and if that is true for family and friends, this is also even more true with colleagues. People haven't engaged personally. And usually when you are in the office, there's a lot of small talk, a lot of non-verbal cues and, non, um, and, and uh, physical communication, basically, that happens. And that is not the case anymore. And whenever now, after so many weeks of not talking to each other, suddenly we, we start talking to each other through phones or something like that, it sounds, it seems more uh, disconnected and, and more artificial, basically. Any questions? We will find an expert to answer them. Drop your questions in the comments or send us an email, dx at dashwayconsulting.com.